0: The pirates, because of course they have cannons and everything. It's a Pirate's life for me. Be proud of who you are and what you are. you a Pirate. It is a first down. Because when you're at East Carolina, you go for it every time. Or well, you don't coach at East Carolina, you don't come to East Carolina, you don't play at East Carolina with a weak heart. Ride it!
1: I've ever been in a building as loud as that was. It was deafening in there. We will get them all. I can promise you that. And it's all night long in Eastern North Carolina. You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. It was an unbelievable atmosphere. I've coached a long time in a lot of great places, and I don't think I've ever been in a building as loud as that was. It, uh, it <laughs> there were some times where it was, it was deafening in there.
0: This is East Carolina Hall of Famer and Utah Jazz first-round draft pick, Blue Edwards. You're listening to Pirate Basketball Overtime on the Sports Objective, your home for the best East Carolina hoops coverage. Welcome to Pirate Basketball Overtime here on the Sports Objective podcast for Pirates and your home for the best East Carolina basketball coverage. I'm joined by Matt Semenza as we're taking a look back at the East Carolina victory over the Tulane Green Wave on Sunday afternoon. It was the Pirates 81, the Green Wave 67 in front of a little over 4,700 at Williams Arena Dimensions Coliseum, a solid crowd. Uh, that was in it pretty much throughout. Uh, and and uh, the Pirates won a third consecutive game in league play, and not only did they do so, but they did so once again by double figures. Uh, Matt, uh, what was your – kind of some of your initial thoughts on yesterday's win?
1: Well, the first thing is we finally got that breakthrough third win that we talked about last week, that elusive third straight conference win. And, you know, I think for me – Bubba, it really just looks, for whatever reason, the last three games. Now these are, these are, these are very solid wins. And granted, they're against kind of the, you know, the bottom tier of the division. But you kind of get the sense that this team has uh, is playing with a more relaxed mindset. They're shooting the ball better. They look more confident. Um, they they just look like a much better team here this week. So hopefully, we can carry it forward. Yeah, really hope so. And, uh, you know, we'll be live here
0: on YouTube, Facebook. You know, appreciate Carmelo chiming in. You know, he's a big supporter of Pirate Hoops and and barking it up for us there in Middletown. But, uh, you know, we'll be live here on YouTube, also Facebook Live, as well as X for the next 20 to 25 minutes talking East Carolina basketball. You know, send us your thoughts on any of those platforms. We'd love for you to chime in. But um, one of my initial thoughts, and, you know, we have Chuck on Cy and uh, we'll bring that comment up here just shortly as we dive into things. But uh, just kind of a general observation and thought, um, this is the way this team is playing now um, is what I think we thought we were going to get all along. And fortunately, it seems like we're going to be playing our best basketball February and March.
1: Yeah. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, you're starting to get contributions from, from some different guys, you know, Cam Hayes, you know, when he's able to give you that, uh, that kind of bench scoring that he provided yesterday uh, and shoot the ball. I mean, that that's huge for this team. So, you know, obviously depth has been an issue, but when you get contributions from seven or eight guys, it's going to go a long way.
0: And, uh, Just being honest, going into the matchup yesterday, certainly felt pretty good about things, but Tulane scared me because I knew how well, you know, when they're clicking, they can score. Um, They're averaging, I think, close to 80 points per game, you know, at least 77, 78, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, you know, I, I really felt like, we're going to have to play very well. And and fortunately we did. I mean, Tulane came out red hot and I was like, oh, here we go. And, uh, you know, they cross, had a tremendous game, knocked down five threes. And uh, it was the green wave leading 13 to five after about three and a half minutes. And um, unfortunately, I guess the remainder of the way in 36 and a half minutes, they only scored 54 points. So the defense – you know, really did a heck of a job slowing down a, a very good offensive team.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's no question about it. Just like they tend to do. I mean, this is pretty pretty consistent track record now of our defense holding the opponents under their uh, average in the league. And another good job yesterday. And, you know, like we talked about, that's the formula for this team. You have to play great defense. You need to keep the, the opponents score low. And then obviously, listen, anytime you shoot 50% from the field, you're going to have a chance to win. And uh, it, it it was great to see the team shoot 50% from the field. It, it's not something that happens often here at ECU. So uh, definitely worth talking about. Taking a look at some of the individual
0: performances from yesterday's game, you know, R.J. Felton, Brandon Johnson were their usual steady selves. But then Cam uh, Hayes, Cam uh, Hayes had one of his better games, perhaps his best game was a Pirate, 14 points, four out of six from three, knocked down uh, a three right out of the gates, 30 seconds into the game, and then kind of set the tone for the day that he would have. And, uh, you know, we'll go ahead and run over those individual numbers and taking a look. You know, add the box score here uh, on our screen for our viewers. But uh, R.J. Felton led the Pirates. One of four ECU players in double figures. R.J. in 37 minutes, 21 points. Eight out of 21 from the floor. A very solid five out of 12 from beyond the arc. Six rebounds, three assists, a couple of steals. Uh, Very good all-around performance by R.J. Felton, knocking down uh, several... Clutch shots uh, when the Pirates needed them uh, throughout Sunday's game. Um, then Brandon Johnson, just a rebound shy of another double double. Um, Brandon has to be approaching, you know, probably 10 double-doubles this season, but uh 20 points, nine rebounds, seven out of twelve from the floor, two out of four from Beyond the Arc, four out of six from the line, four steals, three assists. Brandon did a little bit of everything yesterday in 36 minutes Uh, and then you had cam hayes i mentioned him having 14 Uh, cam played 31 minutes and uh and cam shot the ball very well not only was he he was four out of seven from beyond the arc five out of seven overall Uh, and then the fourth pirate in double figures was bobby pettiford bobby made several nice plays going to the basket even had a big jam Uh, And in 32 minutes, Bobby finished with 12 points, six out of eight from the floor, uh, seven assists. And uh, one of the numbers uh, from a team aspect, and we'll run through all the team numbers here uh, in just a few minutes, but uh, 25 assists for the Pirates yesterday compared to just 10 turnovers. And Jaden Walker and Bobby Pettiford combined for 15 of those assists Uh, as opposed to just three combined turnovers uh, for the two Pirate point guards. Uh, Other scores for the Pirates, you had Ezra Asar. Ezra had five points in 21 minutes. Um, Valentino Pinedo uh, came off the bench four points in eight minutes, knocked down a couple of free throws, and then also uh, had a bucket. And then Jaden Walker had three. Uh, Jaden, although not scoring much, uh, I referenced those eight assists. Had four steals, also six rebounds. So, even though he wasn't scoring, Jaden stuff in the stat sheet. And Sierra Malonga had, I believe it was a dunk for his only bucket of the game in eight minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of going back to those team stats, Matt. Uh, you know, how about that uh, twenty-five assists?
1: That's awesome to see because, you know, too many times this year that's not been the case. So that's a really high number. Again, you're going to win a lot of games that way. And and when you look at the numbers, you really you took care of business in almost every statistical category. You know, you out rebounded them. The assists you just mentioned, the steals, 12 steals. That's another great number. Um, You know, you held the turnovers in check at 10. Um, so, So a lot of winning winning numbers there and then points in the paint is always a big one too and Bubba if you could just go back really quick to the individual stats for me you know we talked a little bit about Brandon Johnson you know a few weeks ago when he was really in that bad rut and he was struggling and we talked about him you know when the perimeter shots not falling you have to find other ways to contribute and you know be a valuable piece to this team and you see some things he's doing really well right now he's in a good rhythm The last three games and what I like is he's looking for his perimeter shot. He's aggressive, but when they run out to him to close out on the perimeter, he's putting the ball on the floor and attacking the basket. And that makes a big difference for him when he can do that. And then I also like the fact that he hit the offensive glass hard, you know, five offensive rebounds for him, nine total. Um, So, so really good job by him. I think he's, he looks a lot more comfortable than he did a few weeks ago. Um, And then you just look at the lineup in general, Bubba, you know, you're seeing less minutes for uh, Ezra lately, you know, Pinedo's getting a little more of a run. Malanga obviously uh, inserted into the starting lineup. And it just looks to me, I want to get your thoughts on this, but this lineup looks more cohesive to me. They just seem to be uh, the ball flows a little, a little more naturally. And the team just seems more relaxed. So what are your thoughts on this lineup right now?
0: I agree. And uh, that's a nice lead-in to this. Uh, Chuck Saia chiming in on YouTube says, I like Jaden Walker and Bobby Pettiford on the floor at the same time.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, I think to Chuck's point, you know, Walker is, you know – He's the type of guy, he doesn't need to be taking 20 shots a game. So, you know, he's he'll move the ball, he'll make the solid pass, he'll run the offense. Um, and then when, you know, obviously when Pettiford is being aggressive and he's knocking down his shot, that's a nice little one-two punch there. So it does seem to work. And I think Walker gives you the defensive presence with his length.
0: Definitely does. Um, and, you know, I referenced you know, some of those – Numbers. I think he finished with four assists yesterday. So um, Chuck also chiming in uh, as far as the way the Pirates shot the three. Uh, you referenced how well ECU shot on Sunday afternoon and the, the Pirates finished 11 out of 22 from beyond the arc. That was one of a few things that jumped out at me. Uh, also, the Pirates having 15 more shot attempts then, um, did the green wave, you know, you see a discrepancy there, uh, the green wave shooting twenty free throws compared to just 13 for the pirates. But, um, you would also already reference the rebounding numbers, 31 to 22 in favor of East Carolina and 12 to five on the offensive glass.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think I think that's going to be the big thing for this team. This might be stating the obvious, but if this team is going to continue to progress and start to knock off, you know, some of the top-tier teams in the AAC and then make some noise in the conference tournament, they're going to have to continue shooting the three at a high rate. You're not going to always get 50%. That's very rare. But if you could shoot it above 40% most nights and play defense, it's you know, you're going to have a chance in this league.
0: No doubt about it. And um, Johnny Robertson, a.k.a. Johnny Stats, chiming in via Facebook saying Mm -hmm. the Pirates are 8-0 when they have 15 or more assists. And as we've noted a couple times, 25 yesterday. um, JR goes on to say they have 64 assists
1: in the current three-game winning streak. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, that, that, that is a great number. And, uh, you know, hopefully now we just need to continue this bubble. We say this after every game. But, it, but you know, when you look ahead, and I don't want to look ahead too much here, but when you think about Rice, the first thing you think of is an empty stadium. So it's the type of thing where this team is going to have to continue to bring some energy. Um, they cannot let that be a factor in that game. You know, it's it's a sign of a mature team to go into a kind of a dead environment and be able to generate your own energy so you know hopefully that's something they can do this saturday one of the things that uh, before we move on
0: and talk about what lies ahead like you just mentioned with the rice owls on saturday afternoon at two o'clock down in houston something that uh, is so refreshing to see you not only have the pirates won three straight games by double figures but in each of these games you know once the lead got out to to fifteen plus, and that's something else. You know, the Pirates have led by at least fifteen in each of the last three games, and as many as twenty five. The and the Pirates have done an excellent job of maintaining that lead. Um, the opposition. You know, I don't I don't think has gotten it back into single digits. If so, it hasn't been closer than you know seven or eight points. So they've done a good job of playing with the lead, which is refreshing to see because, um, you know, as we know, that
1: hasn't been the case in the past. That's a great point that you just make. And it it really is an important point to to talk about because like you said, Bubba, too often in the past, you would see this team, you know, if they jump up to a 10 point lead, you're just waiting for the opponent to make a run and, and either tie it up or then retake the lead. So, that's, that's a great point because, I mean, you even see this in the NBA now. It is really hard to play with a big lead. You know, human nature kind of sets in. Um, you get a little sloppy with the ball. Before you know it, the other team goes on a run, and, you know, they cut it in half quick. And So I think you make a really good point. That's the sign of a team that's playing well um, on both ends of the floor. So, um, you know, hopefully, again, hopefully it continues.
0: As you mentioned, um, Pirates next time out will be on Saturday afternoon, two o'clock on ESPNU, and uh, that is against the Rice Owls on down in Houston. And uh, the next home game will be Thursday night. It'll be the Painted White game against Penny Hardaway and the Memphis Tigers, seven o'clock tip off on ESPN two. You know, really hope that we can take care of business down in Houston. Win a four straight game, twelve, and then eight and six in the American and Man Minji should be rocking on that Thursday night uh, for that painted white game against Penny Hardaway and company.
1: Yeah, that that should definitely be a fun a fun game. And you know, um, <laughs> you know, neither one of those games scare me from 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 the standpoint of like I feel like we're going to be favored in both of those games. Memphis is a team that's kind of – they're a fragile team right now. They are a fragile team. They got blown out yesterday against SMU. I mean, they got their doors blown off. It was never competitive um, at all. So that's a team that's kind of going the other way right now as we're ascending in the league standing. So, you know, again, you don't want to look past Rice by any stretch because that game makes me actually – A little more nervous just because of the reasons I mentioned dead environment, empty stadium.
0: Yeah, definitely valid points there. You know, and we've seen Rice uh, throughout this season, you know, uh, push some teams to the brink on South Florida, what had to rally from 17 down at Rice. I believe that's right. So, taking a look at the AAC scoreboard uh, from this weekend you know we'll first take a look at Saturday as um bringing up the scores here and um on Saturday there was just one game and that involved the Rice Owls as Rice lost at Tulsa 93 to 82 and uh that made Rice in the American, and we'll run through the standings um, with league and overall records uh, here briefly. But um, moving on to Sunday's action, full slate of games. Uh, You had, in addition to East Carolina defeating Tulane, 81-67. You had South Florida. Uh, This had to be a very entertaining game. Uh, The the Bulls winning that in-state matchup uh, with the 24th-ranked, Florida Atlantic Owls, 90-86 in Tampa. At the Yingling Center, uh, you had Charlotte defeat the Wichita State Shockers, 72-61 at Halton Arena. And then you had Temple, 83, UTSA, 77. That was in Philadelphia. You had UAB defeating North Texas in Birmingham, 71-62. And as you already noted, the SMU Mustangs just totally dominated Penny Hardaway in the Memphis Tigers, led 58-36 at halftime, and then outscored them 48-43 in the second half to go on to a 106-79 win.
1: Yeah, some really interesting games over the weekend, Bubba. Um, The other interesting game was FAU at USF. Um, Florida Atlantic was a five-point favorite, I believe, And I I really felt like going into that game, South Florida's a very hot team right now. I feel like they were at home against an in-state opponent. Uh, A lot of buzz around that game. And they they jumped up to a huge lead. They got that lead over 20. I think it was at like 23. FAU made a huge comeback. um, Cut it down to about two points at the end. Uh, But USF was able to hold on. So that's a team right now. That's playing really well, dangerous team. Um, you know, obviously, we mentioned uh, SMU and Memphis. Um, but the other team to look out for, in my opinion, is UAB. What, what I've noticed about UAB is they, what makes them tough to beat, is they are a very efficient team from the free throw line, especially down the stretch. They don't miss free throws uh, in the last five minutes of a game. So that's a team everybody needs to watch out for, too.
0: It is. Um, we were discussing this. I think it was off the air, but just the AAC tournament here in just a, a couple weeks or a few weeks, it's gonna be pretty wide open. Um uh, and the way the pirates are playing, I mean, they're in that mix as well. It would not surprise me to see any one of probably about seven or eight teams. I mean, sure you have some that are more likely than others, but you know any one of about seven or eight teams um, could come up and win the thing.
1: Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of parity in this conference. And, you know, when you look at the top five teams, you kind of feel like all of them are on pretty equal footing. Like whoever plays the best on any given night can win, in my opinion. Uh, I do think right now South Florida is, is, is the top team in the league, at least, at least right now. Based on how they're playing, so um, and I feel like we're in that second tier, right? Right behind those those top teams. Like I said, you know, hey, if we take care of business this week, if you beat Rice and then you take care of business at home against Memphis, um, you're now putting yourself in a pretty good position. I think Johnny just uh, posted about that. You know,
0: Yep. great, yeah. great uh, lead into that comment on Johnny Robertson again on Facebook saying. I didn't think it would be possible a few weeks ago, but the Pirates could secure the number six seed in the American Athletic Conference tournament if they keep playing like they have been lately. And uh, so let's go into those AAC standings. Um, And as you you take a look at those standings, you have the South Florida Bulls 12-1. and Who would have thunk it, as they say, prior to the season? But um, the, the Bulls after being picked near the bottom of the league are 12 and one 19 and five overall, and now 13 and two at the Yingling center. And I'm glad you uh, pointed out Matt, how much they led that game by cause I had no idea that they had led by what well, you said, 22 or 23 points.
1: Yeah, they, they, they took a commanding lead in that game. And then, you know, FAU just went on a huge rally and, and almost pulled it out. Um, so, uh, Definitely a great game to watch. And, and again, no, but like when you really look at it, you see those top five teams are kind of like the tier one in the conference, right? And then you look, North Texas, Memphis, ECU, and Tulane are kind of in that second tier, in my, my opinion. So I definitely think we – right now I'd say we are the better team over Memphis and North Texas and, um, you know, have a chance to sit in that number six spot.
0: Continuing to take a look at the AC standings uh, after South Florida, you have the Charlotte 49ers 11 and 2, Florida Atlantic and SMU tied for third at 10 and 3. UAB, uh, you're talking about how well the Blazers have been playing of late, they are at 9 and 3. North Texas, Memphis, and East Carolina all at 7 and 6. Tulane and Tulsa, 4-9, Rice 3-9, Temple 2-11, as are Wichita State and UTSA. And um, we have Chuck Say saying Bracketology has got two American teams in the NCAA tournament, uh, Florida Atlantic and South Florida. But uh, as he mentions also, watch out for SMU. Not, o- not only are the Mustangs 10-3 in the league, but 19-7 overall.
1: They're just as talented as anybody in the league, you know, so I I agree. I mean, they could be right there. And uh, there's very little separation, in my opinion, between those teams. And then John White, uh, appreciate
0: former Pirate pitcher. uh, John White chiming in on Facebook. He says the most important thing here is the ECU has put themselves in a spot to really shine here at the end, um, which is very atypical. Compared to uh, our program's history, normally we're fading down the stretch, but uh, the last two or three years, that has not been the case. But um, let's keep that same momentum. And then he also goes on to say tough games coming up. We've noted that, you know, how uh, going back to when the Pirates had eight games remaining, we said we really need to, if we were going to get to nine and nine or better in the league, then in those first four games that we're really going to have to make some hay, probably go th- three and one or four and O because those last four uh, are very challenging and is and then it was probably going to be you know hard to go better than two and two in that four game stretch. But who knows the way we're playing right now. You, you don't know the pirates could definitely win any of them. Um, but, he says handle rice and then the next three are tough, but in a good spot with the way we we're playing, no doubt. Um, and then uh, going back to a comment from Chuck that he made several minutes ago, uh, but I was waiting until we brought up the standings. He says, if we we're 500 or better, do we go to a postseason tournament? Now, at this point, Chuck, I say, you know, obviously, you look at our overall record, we're 14 and 12, but you also had that. Non D one game against Farum, a Division three opponent, thrown in there in the season opener. So, ECU's thirteen and twelve. You know, as it pertains to to the net rankings and postseason play, and with that being the case, you know, obviously the NITs out of out of the equation. And I think you know, even if EC, ECU was to go on some very improbable run here, and you know, win. the the final five games of the regular season and into the conference tournament, I still think we would be on the outside looking in as far as that's concerned, but uh, we'd love to find out. But uh, I think our only hope at this point is, is of course the CBI. And if that opportunity arises, then, then we really need to, uh, in my opinion, you know, pay to play in the CBI and, and then you know hopefully you get some home games and you you win 20 plus games and it has some momentum going into 24 25
1: yeah i mean i certainly hope we can we can have a chance to get into that that tournament and uh, again you know just that one game at a time mentality uh i think everybody's making some really good points here um rice is the type of game and this game you know it kind of reminds me of one of those trap games in football sometimes we see you know, where we go on the road in a empty stadium. And I know I keep mentioning that. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's the type of game a, a mature team will go down there and handle business. And and you know, it, that's the challenge in front of this team right now. You know, can they stay focused? Are they able to go into that environment and continue playing this well? Because that's a game if you drop it, you know, when the season's over, you kind of look back and you say, Oh man, that that's that's not the type of game we can lose in the conference. So, um, you know, hey, let's just uh, – we're, we're certainly getting plenty of time off the last few weeks, Bubba. I mean, you look at this now, we have, what, another five days to kind of prepare for that game. So we should be ready to go. We definitely should be, and uh,
0: the the path the midweek off, you know, uh, off, uh, you know and that was much needed this time. Kind of mixed feelings here because the way we're playing, I, w- I would have liked to have played in the midweek. So, you know, hopefully we'll be able to sustain the momentum and have a good week of practice and go down to Rice and, and get a four straight victory. Um, you know, Rice obviously coming off a, a double-digit road loss at Tulsa, and we know how the Golden Hurricane are struggling. But um, let's take a look at some prediction of our prediction
1: on the line, Bubba. Prediction on the line for that game.
0: Uh, obviously, at this point, we don't have a line to just straight up as far as a winner or loser. I'll say, I'll say the Pirates take care of business. But, but if you had to guess,
1: I'm saying if you had to guess on a line, would you say? Oh, ECU- if I had to guess the line, uh, ECU minus. I don't know. What, what are you thinking?
0: I would say. Uh, I would say a slight favorite, maybe, maybe, uh, ECU minus two and a half or something.
1: All right. All right. Yeah. I was thinking ECU minus four and a half, but, uh, we'll find out in a few days. And
0: you're probably right. But I'm, I'm just thinking after the week off and then going on the road. And yes, we've won three road games this year, but just giving them a, a couple two or three points for being the home team. But, um, you know, this look at our upcoming content uh, that we'll provide you here in just a moment is presented by Ed Watkins Marine. appreciate Big Ed's support of the show. Ed Watkins Marine has two locations to serve you in Denver and Cornelius, North Carolina, in the greater Charlotte area of our state. In Denver, they're located on North Carolina Highway 16 Business. In Cornelius, on West Catawba Avenue, you can reach the Denver store at 704-483-BOAT. Again, 704-483-BOAT. And in Cornelius, they can be reached via 704-498-4985. Again, 704-498-4985. Fishing boats, center consoles, family-friendly bow riders, trailers, pontoon boats, engines, UTVs, whether you're looking to Buy a new boat or repower your existing boat. They have all the popular brands. Visit edwalkinsmarine.com for all of your boating needs and tell them the guys at the sports objective sent you. We would greatly appreciate it. And then um, that upcoming content that I reference, Ed Walkins Marine is, of course, the title sponsor of Absolute Empowerment. Uh, tonight, we had the premiere uh, go to our YouTube channel and check out Coach C's conversation with Mark Libiano, the Pirate linebacker great from the early to mid-90s. Um, he was a senior on that 1995 Liberty Bowl team. Uh, Mark is very, very entertaining, high-energy guy, as you know, Matt, uh, as one of your former teammates. And uh, you certainly stayed in touch with him and uh, you know all about uh, the, the personality that libiano has and then uh, and then on the yeah on the uh on the next edition of absolute empowerment i believe it's going to be east carolina head baseball coach cliff godwin um of course when cliff was a player coach c was in his first stint with the program and then um during coach connor's second tenure in greenville um there was an overlap i think of about four or five years so, I'm um, very interested to hear that conversation right here during baseball season. Appreciate Coach Connor's getting that lined up and Coach Godwin for coming on the program and uh then you know we'll yeah, see I,
1: I gotta go back and listen to Libiano's interview with uh with coach Connors that that's gonna be a good one um definitely, like you said, interesting personality. Mark is not one to uh hold back with his words, you know. I'm sure he's uh, bringing some 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 strong opinions and, uh, you know, looking forward to hearing that one.
0: Obviously, big week for East Carolina baseball. You know, we had extra innings on Sunday night. You know, the two of us were unfortunately unable to take part in that show, but uh, Dave and Kyle caught up with Mike Mullis, better known as Mully, and he's the ESPN Plus analyst, and they took a look back at the Pirates Opening weekend sweep over the Ryder Bronx, uh, winning 16-2, 7-0, 7-0, outscoring uh, Ryder 30-2 in those three games. Certainly did not expect it to be that lopsided. I did think we would handle our business, but um, we did so in a big way. Um, The Pirates essentially held serve in this week's polls, and uh, now a top 15 matchup awaits. But first, uh, a very important midweek game. Um, not that this is any more important than the others, but uh, I say that you know, after the Pirates went 0 and 3, dropping three heartbreakers to the Campbell Camels um, by one run a year ago, um, ECU will head to Bowie's Creek, and you know, the Campbell fans will undoubtedly, I would imagine, you know, be out in full force for this one. And it's going to be Chris Kaler getting the start, the George Washington transfer. And um, he pitched very well over the weekend. He had two innings of work and was very sharp. And let's hope that continues uh, in into Tuesday's matchup with the Fighting Camels. And then this weekend, top 15 matchup, as I referenced, with the North Carolina Tar Heels, Friday in Chapel Hill, Saturday in Fayetteville, and Sunday in Greenville and that game at Clark Claire Stadium is already sold out in the one in Fayetteville at Segritt Stadium, the home of the Woodpeckers is um, very near a sellout as well. So Pirate fans get out there um, on Saturday in Fayetteville and gobble up those tickets. It should be um, quite the weekend of baseball between the Pirates and Tar Heels.
1: Yeah, it's going to be an awesome week of baseball. Really excited to see Chris Kaler take the mound for the Pirates uh, against uh, Campbell. And, you know, just to your point, Bubba, that's a series we need to take control of again. You know, some tough losses a year ago, obviously, to say the least. But uh, I'd really like to see us get that win and and, and just kind of take control again uh, back in our series versus Campbell.
0: And then on Sunday night we will have extra innings presented by PGXGloves.com as we'll take a look back at the Pirates' four-game week um, with those matchups against Campbell and top-15 North Carolina. So uh, that should be quite the week of baseball, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to take a look back at what will hopefully be a feather in the Pirates' resume. You know when the end of the season rolls around, you know, with some big non-conference victories over those clubs. But, um, you know, for Matt Semenza, I'm Bub Rosenbaum. You've been watching and listening to Pirate Basketball Overtime here on the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates, and you're home for the best ECU hoops coverage. We'll talk to you soon, and uh, we'll probably have you a little preview uh, an on deck, if you will, episode with Scott Forbes, the um, head coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels. He has been in Chapel Hill for an awfully long time after having served as the pitching coach as well as associate head coach under Mike Fox and now has been the head coach for the last several seasons for the Tar Heels. But be sure to follow us on social media, on X at the Sports OBJ on Instagram and TikTok at the Sports Objective. Like and follow us on Facebook and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And when you cl- click subscribe, be sure to ring that notification bell and all. So that way, anytime we go live or upload new content that you're alerted on your device. But uh, again, for Matt Simenza, I'm Bub Rosenbaum. And we'll talk to you soon here on the Sports Objective. As always, go Pirates.